You are getting an on-air coaching call on women taking the lead. Like I want to feel like fist pump excitement when I press send, not like on uh, MailChimp when you send the survey and if you leave the monkey too long before you press send, his finger starts sweating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I have for you another on-air coaching call. And this time I have for you Anna Dixon from Creative IQ. I am a huge fan of Anna's and you're going to see why in just a little bit. So Anna, say hello to everyone and tell them a little bit about yourself and what you're doing in the world. Hi, Jody. Thanks for having me come along today. Um, so, surprise for anyone who hasn't figured it out, I'm one of Jody's Australian friends. <laughs> so, um, we've, we're a growing contingent. So, it's pretty exciting that we live on opposite sides of the world, but get to hang out. So, um, so as Jody said, um, I have a business called Creative IQ. Um, we work with a bunch of different people, but mostly businesses, local governments, and not for profits. We work with them on um, strategy development, um, communications, copywriting. So really working out how to make things happen and then how to communicate about that to the world. Um, that's a very simple description of what we do. There's obviously more information on our website. Um, but what's unique about us is, um, is me and two other people on my team. And we're kind of weird because <laughs> we are really creative but we're also very analytical and practical. So each of us bring that unique blend. We've each got our own special type of creativity, but what we offer clients is a bit different to most other consultancy groups and business strategists because we think differently, but we're really practical as well. So um, that's what attracts a lot of people that we work with to us. Mm -hmm. I, oh, like I, that's what I loved about you was you did have that nice combination of having the analytical mind and the creative mind at the same time. So you can get into the nitty gritty and the structure and the tasks and the to-do list and the process and all of that, but you also can come up with the out-of-the-box solutions for companies. And that was one of the, your superpowers that you identified right off the bat was I can see things that aren't working right away where other people are not seeing it. Yeah, I think when we were working together, you gave this really great analogy that, because uh, I couldn't work out what was going on. Like, I'm like, surely everyone else is like me. And she's like, you're, you're like, no. So you walk into this room and you can see the table is like, there's a huge fire in the middle of the table and no one else seems to be aware of it. And not only can you see the fire, you can see this big bucket of water sat like ready to douse the flames with, and then you do it and everyone's like, oh my God, we didn't realize we we're on fire and there was a way to solve it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, that always sticks in my mind because that was like, yeah, that, that kind of is what happens. Or someone kind of realizes that there might be something wrong, but we're not sure what it is. And you come in and you're like, yeah, that's because like, the table's on fire. Yeah, we're smelling fire. smoke, but we don't know where it's coming from. And you're like, it's right <laughs> yes. here. Here's the problem. 
I love it. Okay. So as we've been alluding to everybody, we have worked together. So Anna, tell everyone kind of where you were, you know, why you reached out to me when you did, because it was about a year ago that you reached out to me um, saying that, you know, you were thinking of hiring a coach. So where were you at that time and where are you now? Okay. So um, you've made a huge difference in my life. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, you said, um, like, oh, I'm looking for someone to do on-air coaching. And so, surprise, that we're here now. Um, and I, it prompted me to go back and look in my journal from when we were working together. And you're right, it's like 11 months since we started working together. So I reckon about now is when I sent you an email going, Judy, I think we need to catch up and, like, work together. So uh, I had been a fan of your podcast for probably six months beforehand and a few months, maybe a month or so before I contacted you, you had had a podcast about understanding type A women. Mm-hmm. And I always felt on your podcasts that you would understand me. And like, whenever you speak, I've always been like, oh, she's my people. Um, <laughs> and listening to the type A woman podcast, I was just like, man, that's me. And Um, I had been, so I started my business in 2016. I'd been working on it in the background while I worked full time in a um, government job for about a year beforehand. So I was kind of picking up momentum. It had probably been about 24 months since I had really sort of gone from just, this is a possibility to like working, making something happen, resigning from my job and starting full time. And I had left work going, hopefully this will work. Hopefully I will get some work and I don't have to go back and take a job somewhere doing something I don't necessarily want to do. And that was completely unfounded to be um, unsure about whether or not it worked. So I got to a point where I was very, very overwhelmed with the amount of work that I was getting in. Um, I was meeting all my client obligations, but it didn't really feel good. Um, I felt very... um, I think I described it to you as I had this conveyor belt going with all of these tasks and if I didn't get the tasks done before they got to the end, like they'd fall off into this dreadful abyss and that there was someone stood at the other end who just kept on putting on things onto my conveyor belt faster and faster and faster and I was just like working like a mad woman. Yeah, and your personal life was suffering. I remember that. Your clients got taken care of because that's your ethic, but your personal life was like almost non-existent and I remember you saying, this is not why I started my business. It was for the yeah. opposite reason. It was to have more freedom. And here's where yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I like got into that position. Um, and so, yeah, I reached out to you and was working with you. And I think the really nice thing for me um, when I read through my journal is, so we did a lot of work talking together and um, we worked through your accomplished system for mm-hmm. um, your goal setting and working through strategies and stuff. Um, and reading through the things that I'd visualised about where I wanted to be, um, it was amazing. It was like I was reading today, like that I had described my world today. Oh my so, God, I um, yeah, I, I, I'm really glad that I hadn't looked at it. Like I just put the book away and hadn't looked at it. If, I think if I'd have looked at it six months ago, it wouldn't have had the same impact for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, that's... Um, how I, start, how I kind of got in contact with you. Um, 
So when I'd spoken to you, it was just me. Um, I had a girl who I used a little bit as a bit of VA stuff, but it was kind of messy because she worked in a different time zone, had a full-time job, wasn't perfect. She was fantastic, but it was more logistics of like, and also I'm a terrible delegator, um, so I didn't ask for enough help either. Um, And now um, I've got me. Um, There is um, Erin, who was my first proper hire as opposed to outsourcing. Uh, and so she's fantastic. Um, she's also for those people who don't know me, I'm based in Western Australia, just out small town, just outside of Perth. Um, Erin's based in Sydney. Um, we met serendipitously through my best friend. Um, but Erin is amazing. Um, and then my next formal, like joining the team, is another lady called Rhiannon who used to live in the same town as me. Um, she commutes back here now, um, occasionally but she lives in Fremantle in Perth and we've known each other for quite a few years. We used to do some um, collaborative projects together. Um, she works for me now too. Um, and it's just a really nice team. Everyone's got their own unique strengths um, and it means that we can do more work. We can do different work because they've got their different, you know, specialities mm-hmm. um, and I can ask for help and they are both fantastic at saying, Hey, this idea, you know what, I could do this element and we could do this or that or we could do this. So it's really good. It's They're really lovely to work with and, um, yeah, pretty and happy. you don't have to do it all anymore. No. And, you know, I'm like I marked this page in my book, um, which, and this is kind of what I want to talk to you about today anyway. So um, one of the things that we did was like describing um, – one year from today, what our day would look like, uh, like my ideal day would look like. So it's all that blah, blah about how I get up and do all that sort of stuff. But I've described, I start my day checking in with my remote team and clarifying about our aims for the week and identifying who might need support, et cetera, et cetera. I'm bringing in enough work that I can focus on the client work that most interests me, business attraction and development, planning and strategy. I can trust the other members of my team to take care of the rest. Mm. And that's, absolutely like describes the world I'm in now but what I would like more is that the percentage of time like I feel like I spend too much of my time doing the doing in client work because although I love many of the projects that we do for our clients I know I can bring better value by thinking about how do we do things effectively efficiently and differently um, and also how do I continue raising awareness about our business um, so that we can serve more people um, and grow the sustainability of the business. Um, I employ Erin two to three days a week. I'd like to be able to move to a position where she's three to four days and in a couple of years' time, once her kids are sort of further on through primary school, if she wanted to more, Rhiannon works a couple of days a week um, in a fantasy world. I'd like to be able to employ her full time. In order to do that, I need to be able to spend more time um, attracting work, um, but also thinking about how do we do things um, in a way that doesn't require me to decide how we do it every time, mm-hmm. uh, which um, A, is good if I want to go on holiday, uh, <laughs> but B, means we can have a more consistent process um, and we don't have to design things every time someone comes to us. So 
over the past year, I've kind of been filtering down and going, yeah, we did do that, but we're good at it. But there's other people who are great at it. Um, we should leave them to do that. Um, or we're great at it, but it's not that fun. So we'll leave other people to do that. Um, so trying to filter down to do the things we all really love um, and that can be systematized. So maybe it is that in a year's time, I have a, you know, another equivalent of Erin and Rhiannon that have joined the team. We need that the experience people get is obviously you're going to have the individual's personal flavour, but the overall experience is the same, whoever you interact with at our team and the quality that you get is the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. So kind of in summation, what I was hearing is, um, and just to add a little bit too, is like where, like where you were a year ago was like, you had somebody doing a little bit of work, but there were no, like, there was no system to it. There were no processes. It was like when you finally would bring yourself to reach out for help, they would do a little bit of work for you, but it probably like the communication was like a little. So it would be, I'd be like, Oh my goodness. Yes. I need help. And you can't ask someone who's like ad hoc kind of like fitted in around the rest of their life to drop everything and do the thing that you've got to a like crisis. I need help. Um, And obviously I can't do that. I don't do that to employees now, but I like to have like, like I like to look forward and go like, go, okay, these are all the things that are going to happen this month. And therefore this is how we're going to schedule our time. Yeah. Nor do we communicate as clearly when we're in crisis, right? We're just trying to get the information to them as quickly as possible so they can just start working. And then we realize like, oh, I forgot to mention this. Oh, I forgot to mention that. And we don't realize that till the work comes back and we're like, oh, this is 90% of the way there that I wanted it to be. Let me fix that 10% because I forgot to mention all of this. The other thing I remember from when we worked together was you also started setting boundaries around the work that you would take in, the price that you would do the work at, you know, you started exploring the type of clients you wanted to be working with. Like, what did they look like? What were their problems? What could you, cause there were a lot of things that you could do for people. And even at that point, you know, you were having a hard time of like, well, I don't want to take something away cause this could bring somebody in and then they could want to do this other work. Cause we all as business owners, there's always the like, you know, get the foot in the door product or service that we provide for people that isn't always the best or most profitable. When I say best, I'm like most fun, enjoyable, profitable piece of work, but it's typically what people will invest in to try you out, you know? So it was taking a look at like, like what could you do use as that foot in the door product? Where are you today? What's the foot in the door product or service that you're offering? Um, I don't think I really have one. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things have been changing. Um, I, I think um, a challenge for me over the next 12 months and will be part of my mindset issues is that, and don't hate me, everyone, we haven't really had to market to get a lot of work. So um, I've done a lot of passive marketing in terms of, like, we have a newsletter great like it's a quite entertaining read I like like people will email me back and be like wow I really enjoyed reading this thank you Mm -hmm. um but I don't sell in it um we don't really sell on like we don't sell our business on Facebook it's really like just an interesting place for people to you know 
you know, we kind of put interesting stuff that are relevant to our kind of target market, but Mm -hmm. we don't say like, hey, come and work with us on blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just really rapport building. Mm -hmm. Um, Twitter I just use because, you know, just to like interact with other people who are influencers and that I'm interested in and it's just that we're like, hey, that's interesting and just talking in different groups. So we don't really formally market anywhere. I write for a few magazines Right. Um, and and here's what I'm going to say about you, because if people are starting to hate Anna because she doesn't do a lot of marketing, here's what she doesn't realize that she does do that I see a lot of business owners avoid because they don't like doing it, that you do constantly and you do it very well, is you network. Yeah, you yeah. take care of people. You take care of your community. You volunteer time. And when you do work, you do such a stellar job that it's a lot of um, word of mouth marketing that goes yes. out there about you. Yes. I'm sat here furiously nodding for those people listening. So um, I have a like a competitive advantage in that I live in a state that is really small. So there are less people in our state. I don't actually know geographically how big it is, but it's huge. Like it would take you, I don't know, days to drive from one end to the other. And there's less people in our entire state than in greater Sydney. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I have no idea for you international people, but let's just say there's not a lot of people here. Yes. And like imagine very, like farm country, like lots and lots and lots of land, not a lot yes. of people. Well, not even farm country. There's a lot of space in West Australia that just has nothing on nothing. it because it's not arable. <laughs> so um, it's kind of like hugging the coastline. Um, and I was very fortunate to have worked in a, a state government job that really took me all over the state. So I think there's about five towns with more than 200, oh, sorry, with more than 200 people in it across the whole state that I haven't been to. Um, and that that's unheard of really. Like mm-hmm. regular people don't get that kind of opportunity. I know people in many of those places well enough to pick up the phone and like say, hey, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be around. Do you want to have a copper? Um, or whatever. And I, I, I um, I am involved in things that get me visibility, um, not from a like a taking point of view, but like the things that I'm passionate about, even though I hate the word passionate. If my friend Jay's listening, she'll be like, what are you saying passionate for? It's a worse <laughs> word. But yeah, things I'm really committed to. Yeah. So um, I'm involved in a lot of business development stuff in the regions. Um, yeah, so that, that is really how mm-hmm. I've attracted business because people are like, hey, I'm not totally sure what she does, but I think you need to talk to Anna Dixon at Creative IQ. So your business Uh, doesn't need that foot in the door product or service as much because your reputation precedes you. And and typically like somebody, when somebody needs your service, they need it now. And somebody they trust has said, you have to work with Anna. Yeah. And I think the struggle for me, which we talked about like way back was I found it a bit mind blowing that like I had this thing that I'm just this girl sat in this town of 7,000 people at my desk in my hoodie and my slippers working on like a really large organization strategic planning for the next 10 years. And I'd be like, how did this happen? And 
this seems so strange to me. And you were like, of course they want you to do it. Like they look at you and go, your unique genius is what they need to like move their organization forward. Yeah. I love that you just said that because I guarantee you there are tons of women listening right now, nodding their head because that's how they feel in their body when they're doing work going, I'm just this girl, you know, why did they hire me over all these other people to do this like big project or this amazing work and they're trusting me, right? That's our inner critic. Just being like, who are you? Who do you think you are? You're not that good. But the, the thing is, it's like, we have to like stop the thought in those moments and recognize I was hired because I have a unique gift and a unique ability. And I, they, like, they're going to be so thankful that they hired yeah. me. And you always wow your clients. Like they're always yeah, happy like, with you. Um, if I think that like, I'm very glad that I reread my little notes for me, but one of them was like writing about how, like I used to feel very anxious whenever I sent off client work in case they hated it. Um, and that, you know, they might not have like instantly emailed back like, wow, you're a legend. Uh, and I'd be like, oh, what if they hate it? Oh. And a few days later, you'd be following up and saying like, so just touching base, how's it going? Thinking, please don't say you're going to make my name mud everywhere. And they'd be like, oh my God, I've been really busy, but I had a quick look and like, I'm dazzled. Um, and the thing is that people would have contacted me instantly if they were unhappy. Like if you're unhappy with something, like generally you're like, what the heck is this? <laughs> we need to talk. Um, and I feel a lot more confident now that I've had sort of uh, probably around two years of like sending stuff off and people come back and be like, thank you so much. Like yes. this has been amazing working with you. We are so happy. Yes. So I realized that what I do is great. And I can objectively look at Aaron and Rhiannon's work because they're not me and go, I love you guys. You're great. You do fantastic work. Um, So I don't want to get cocky. I always want to have excellence. I want to look critically at my work, check that I'm giving people great value and delivering them what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel a lot more confident that Without the anxiety, right? Like you yeah. can, like you can have that standard, that standard for excellence and wanting to deliver value without the anxiety that mm. comes along to it. Cause that's draining and that's not, that's not a great experience. You no, know like I want to feel like fist pump excitement when I press send, not like on uh, MailChimp when you send the survey and if you leave the monkey too long before you press send, <laughs> his finger starts sweating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know that. So I used to send I used to send a newsletter in my government job, and of course, not everyone loves the government. So every time I go to send the newsletter, I would like my finger would like be on the mouse button, ready to click. And yeah, Survey Monkey's finger went. So anyone who doesn't use Survey Monkey, it's got a lot of graphic kind of stuff, and this the the monkey pushes this big red button, and it's. When it first starts, the monkey's quite excited that he's pushing the red button, but the longer you don't click it, his finger starts to drip sweat and shake. And I used to feel like that in government when I used to send a newsletter because nine times out of ten, someone would be unhappy with something in it. Or I was just worried there'd be a typo in it. And that was just like my perfectionistic tendencies that like no one wants to send an email with a typo in it. Mm -hmm. Now when I like do that kind of thing in work, like, I am the joyful monkey sending things out 
I love that. Do you remember the day I said this to you? And since then, I've been repeating it to a lot of other people. And if you are listening to this and you are type A, I also want you to hear this. And, And what Anna and I are talking about right now resonates with you. You're good enough is better than most people's best. <laughs> yes, I'm laughing and smiling. I try, I remember that a lot. And um, actually, I say that to Erin and Rhiannon because, like, surprise, I've recruited two Taipei women to work for me. Um, yeah, I will remind people, like, remind them of that. And I've, I have another girlfriend, um, Tara from Whitney Consulting, and I, I'll, I'll say that to her sometimes as well because we're all like, if you're a Taipei woman, you think it's just got to be a bit better, but like, in reality, yeah, if it's not perfect, ordinary. it's shit, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> liberating to realize. Yes. Isn't it that like it can be good enough and people will still be like, wow, this is amazing, right? Because your internal standards will still kick in, but you don't have to drive yourself crazy. You don't have to go over the same one pager over and over and over again, being like, did I say that right? Is that grammatically correct? Is that, you know, is this delivering everything? Like, it's good enough. Send it off. They'll love it. You know? I think that's actually also a good thing to remember we're kind of getting off topic and not doing talking. We're just uh, coaching. We're just doing chatting. But anyway, um, my, one of my old bosses who was fantastic, um, said to me one day, one thing I really need to manage is that I have very high expectations of myself, which I can generally meet. But sometimes I project those very high expectations on those who work around me. And it is very hard for other people to meet those expectations So I need to think carefully whether about my expectations for me are realistic for those around me and whether I might be unduly harsh on people as a result. And I do know that is something I have to manage and I suspect a lot of other type A women could inadvertently be following into the same track, uh, trap and either being harsh to their colleagues and unfair or making themselves um, unnecessarily frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yes. And here's something because I've just um, come from designing and delivering a performance coaching workshop. Um, here's what I would like you to do if you still find you're struggling with this. Like I get with your team, you're very happy with their work, but you yeah. still might be very frustrated with some colleagues that you collaborate with is write down all the expectations you have of them and communicate them. Now, yeah. here's the thing, and, and you may not communicate all of them because in the writing of the expectations, you may realize, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. I could never hold somebody to this standard or they could not live up to this or this expectation is just too high. This is fine for me because I like delivering this, but for me to ask another person, I would feel ridiculous even in the asking. And that puts your expectations up against reality. Yeah, I think like that is a great example of something I've let go of with someone that I do collaborate with. So um, that person does not have a high attention to detail around visual presentation Mm -hmm. and would not notice whether or not they were using their brand fonts and brand colours in a document. And that, like we have a style guide and we have a very specific process for how we prepare our work on our like branding stuff. But 
the other person is like all over the shop. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if I'm subcontracting to them, it is not my problem. Right. <laughs> if they don't want to adopt that, it right. would be great for their business. I believe that they did, but it's not a high value for them. Right. And obviously their clients are still perfectly happy. Like uh, maybe it says to me, you could send out totally unbranded documents that don't have any consistency in it and everyone would still be happy, but I wouldn't be happy. Right. But um, yeah, letting go of my need to control things like that is, um, yeah. I love that. And the, here's the thing, you know, if it's somebody that you're, you feel comfortable enough with, you can ask them, are you open to some feedback on your mm. documents? And it, they, you know, if they say yes, you can say, you know, like brand colors, here's why it's important. Ultimately do what you want to do, but here's what I've noticed and that sort of mm. thing. And then they can take it or not take it or leave it. But you know, but you've at least said something, you're not leaving somebody to kind of like, you oh, know, no, I, I, I have tried. And then I just realized I keep stop, stop using the template. So I'm like, Hey, okay. Don't like I used to have like I've made up a little brand template for like anyone that I work regularly with. I have their brand template on my computer, so I can check that I stay consistent with them. And I've made them up a little brand template that I decided that's what they were going to use because they weren't doing anything. Um, and I was just like, let it go. They don't care. Like, yeah. it, it it means nothing to them. Yeah, it's not your problem, right? And you like that. And that's the thing too, sometimes as type A women who like to control things is we take on other people's stuff, right? And we, and that's exhausting, right? It's because we have no control over how other people compose themselves and present themselves. We can offer them up some, some, a perspective that they may not have, but it's ultimately up to them whether or not they want to take that feedback, use that feedback, or if it is even important to them. And if it's not, there's no changing it. And then if you can't let it go, then you're just frustrating yourself. Like you are the cause of your own frustration. Love that, Anna. Okay. So getting back to what we were talking about originally, (laughs) and and don't feel like we got off on a crazy tangent because I think that was valuable for a lot of people who are listening. So a lot of great, really great, awesome things have been happening in the past year, but where you are right now is you you need to, you know, you're able to delegate more work. You have team members, but it's almost like you need to tighten the ship a little bit more. Like you need more, like more nailed down. I'm not going to articulate this well at first, um, systems and processes so that there's consistency across the board with all, with the onboarding of new clients, with the delivery, um, with the, the whole customer experience that there's more consistency with that, that would free you up to do more networking, more presentations, more like you called it the raising awareness of what your business does, which is ultimately the client attraction piece. Like you're the face of your business. You want to be doing those initial client meetings and getting to know people, but then ultimately handing the project over to a team who then does, does the doing, as you said. So, okay. So the last piece was looking at the services and the type of work that is the sweet spot, that is uh, the the work that you want to be doing and the work that's easy to systematize. So have you given that some thought? Yeah. So I actually talked with the um, other ladies that I work with about it and I'd also had a bit of a brainstorm. So we're all excellent writers. Mm -hmm. Um, 
all have slightly similar, like we have chameleon style. So uh, we can all contribute to the same document and it flows very nicely. And we... I'm going to stop you right there, Anna, just so you can clarify. You said you all have chameleon style. Is that a writing tool? No, no, it's just a made up thing. I don't know. I don't know if it's <laughs> not a thing. No, no, no. So like, we're like chameleons. Like we can, like, we might, uh, we might be writing a strategic plan together. We'll all talk about it. We'll go off and do different elements. And when it comes together, our writing is kind of like a chameleon that all like changes its colors. So it blends together. You oh. can't see where it starts and finishes. We're all quite in tune with each other. Very so, adaptive is what it is. Yeah, we're very adaptive. Okay. Um, and we write a lot of different styles, but I think particularly for business writing, people would be able to say, oh, that's kind of like creative IQ-y. Like people mm-hmm. would think it was Anna Dixon-ish, but it's really like a team effort. Okay. Um, so it sounds like you guys have a shared voice. Yes, we do. Okay, yeah. great. Um, uh, but we're adaptable in that, whether it's writing a strategic plan, writing a business case, or doing website copy, um, we can transition, like they're all very different genres. We can transition between them and deliver a highly readable, engaging product. Mm-hmm. So I would like to continue to focus on written product, but um, hopefully people are listening, think I have some ability with um, oral communication (laughs) (laughs) and um, I do a lot at the moment I do a lot of facilitation work Mm -hmm. uh, which is necessary often in order to get the strategic planning process happening Mm -hmm. but what that means is a lot of travel and I whilst it's lovely to go and visit places um, I think clients get better value if they can work in a video context. So I've done strategic planning sessions with some organisations in Sydney and Melbourne and we've done it by a video conference and it's worked really well. I've thought about how we use like um, interactive notes. My office is set up really nicely so I can move my camera and we can do like we can have like post-its on the wall and stuff like that and it's not the same as real life but it's a heck of a lot cheaper for them. I don't have to leave my house and um, we get to the end point. And also people are a lot more focused on video. We might be rambling now, but in a strategic planning session, um, people are like, yeah, we're here now. We haven't got the whole day to like fluff around. Mm-hmm. Um, so transitioning away from face real life stuff and doing stuff virtually Um but with the end product being something written. Um, So we've kind of narrowed down that we would like to continue to work in strategic planning and business planning. Um, We do do quite a bit of work in business case development, which is mostly for infrastructure projects. So like I had someone contact me who wanted help with a business case to get investors on board for a website. great website, like a million visitors a month and stuff. But I don't think that's our ideal, like we're not ideally suited for them. Like we really work with local governments and not-for-profits around infrastructure projects. That's what we know. Um, So continuing with business case stuff, but probably not as core business, Um, something that might happen a few times a year 
as opposed to like our core um, offering. Um, and then Rhiannon and I both have a look, fairly significant background in community engagement. And at the moment, we tend to work with local governments to design and then us implement community engagement strategies. What I would really like to move to is us working in more of a coaching training role, upskilling local government staff for them to be able to design, implement and evaluate community engagement work. Um, because when we go and implement things for them, I don't feel that gives them a lot of value because we leave, they have the information about what their community um, perspectives are. Um, hopefully they've been at a point where they've given the community the opportunity to co-design the solution. But at the end of the day, the staff in the organisation's capabilities have only changed incrementally from observing what we've, we've done rather than building their capacity to do it without an external provider. So um, there is some training available in Australia for that, but it pretty much requires you to travel to a capital city and it's like days of face-to-face -face stuff, which is not realistic for most regional local governments. Mm -hmm. um, and to be honest, even metropolitan local governments that's a big ask to ask people to be out of the office. So I guess that's a long-term goal, like maybe over the next year for Rhiannon and I to design some kind of process that people could go through. So particularly Rhiannon, like I've got a lot of experience. Mine's more state government. She's got a lot of experience local government. Um, how do you design a great process and implement it with success? Um, and... Uh, I guess I want to go careful about not building my business too much around someone who could be temporal skills. Like I hope I've got Rhiannon forever, but, you know, I also hope she's got ambitions to move on to something else. Um, she's got um, a, bachelor in, a Bachelor of Science focused on sustainability and that's something she's very passionate about and she's just finishing her Master's in Urban and Regional Planning. So working out how can we leverage that to have a product that the same kind of thing, that it's around a virtual coaching training service to help local governments and organisations so what want to look at the sustainability and of their organisation and how they impact on the environment, how could they develop um, policies and strategies for their community. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the consulting arm of our business. Um, and then in my head, I kind of try and segment it. So we have consulting arm, we have um, then kind of a business services arm because that's the kind of area that I find fun. Like I do all that other stuff, I'm great at it, but it's not like the most exciting thing in the world. I love looking at business strategy, so working with service-based businesses, looking at what are you doing, how can we make it more effective. Um, I kind of feel weird that I even have to talk to you about like how am I going to sort my business out because this is what I do with people all the time. Yeah. And I think I said to you, um, like, I can't use my superpower on myself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I'm just going round and round in circles. So anyway, so I'm rambling, so I'll cut it yeah. short. But basically working with people on business strategy and communications. So business, looking at 
what do you do? Who do you do it for? How are we going to tell them? And usually that ends up being a piece. So it might be that they go through that process and then get us to do some copywriting or just that they come straight to us and say, we love your style. Please help us with our marketing material to get the words right. Um, And then I do some events and stuff. So I run like little events for local businesses um, and that is probably my entry. You know, when you asked earlier, do we have a like a touch point entry thing? Um, in terms of local businesses, that is probably uh, our touch point that they would come to an event that we've run and gone, hey, these people know what they're doing. Yeah, um, I think I need to hire them. And then go, we need to work with these people. Um, okay. Let me ask you this. The events, that's the one piece out of everything you shared you know, thus far about what you need to start applying some systems and processes to that is not um, something that could be done by yourself in your office or via video conference. Like that's a live thing. Um, Yes. So um, I only do them like either in art. So we run a business networking uh, lunch once Mm -hmm. a month. And that's easy. And I like that because I just like advertise it on an event on Facebook and people just magically come. We have a private Facebook group for micro business owners in our region as well that I manage. So I kind of have a pool of people who are interested. Um, And then earlier this year, I ran like a um, BCEO day. So come along, work on your business, not in your business and had some structured activities and that went really well. So we're running another one of them again shortly. Um, and then I'm collaborating with someone who's been on your podcast before. So Lynette Delane, who's on an earlier podcast, who's like a systems goddess. Um, we're running, uh, which we're still, we're still nailing it down, but a systems and processes day where people can come and work on doing all the stuff I want to do. Right. Um, (laughs) because I know like people think I really want to do this and like running workshops reminds me all the time. Like we'll talk about social media planning and people will be like, Oh, that's such a good idea. I'd never considered you could plan your social media. I must do this. So it te- like has really taught me that businesses either don't realize they could plan things or intrinsically know they could be planning and systematizing things, but just don't have the time, the brain space or the strategy to do it. Um, so making a place where people can do it. So, yes. um, but to me, they're almost, um, it's almost, they're not products or services that we sell, they are essentially a marketing tool. Yep. Okay. Like we don't really make any money out of them. Um, Obviously we have ticket prices, but reflective of the effort required to do them, Mm -hmm. they're not. It's not a big money maker. Like it basically pays for itself. Yeah. Okay. But it does expose you to people who can see you in your zone of genius. And yeah. come to get to know you and that sort of thing, right? And this is something you do when you want to do it, right? So it's in your control. Yeah. You don't have to do it, you know, that sort of thing. So, okay, yeah. that's really great. And it's, you know, thank you so much for sharing. Like, this is what I do for other businesses. It's kind of ridiculous that I just can't do this for myself. And that happens for two reasons, right? It's called like the cobbler's children syndrome. Yeah. Like, you know, we're constantly doing for other people and we don't, you know, take our same system, you know, or our magic that we give away to other people and we don't do it to our own business. 
sometimes because we don't have time to do it. We're, like, we're so busy providing services. Like I know web designers who are like, I needed to redo my website like six months ago, right? Mm. People who do copywriting who are like, I need to update my about page. And you know, it's, it is so funny that typically whatever service you provide, your, your zone of genius, you're not typically applying it to yourself because when you don't think about it or you don't have time, or the other reason why we don't do it is because we're too immersed in the, the business to see what the solution is, right? You, yeah, sometimes we need, what's that? You need my CEO day. Yes, <laughs> right? That, you know, you do have to get out of your normal routine. Like when you were describing the, this event where you're able to, like what you and Lynette are planning together, like a systems and processes day, I was like, oh, you should probably be sitting in a chair that first day and be a participant. Or maybe yes. like you do, like you, you're in the run through as a participant. Yeah, I think um, like part of the reason why I think that will be a good event is I can see what I need as a business owner so I know other people need that. Like you kind of, I can't think what the saying is, but it is around you teach what you need. And I really hate that saying because I think like, I want to know everything and I want to have everything under control all the time, everything to be exactly right. But it's in reality. It's the whole thing also with, I know what I need to do. I'm just not doing it. Right. And that's why we teach what we need to learn. Like we know what the information is. We can share it with other people. Here's the solution, but are we applying it to ourselves? Or, and also that, um, so people's perception is that I run an incredibly organized and systematized business Mm -hmm. and life. Um, and people give me feedback about that all the time. And like when you and I have had a brainstorm way back when I was like, I need more systems. And you're like, you have so many systems already happening. Um, it's kind of like, I am like at point, like I'm like all this way down the highway, but I can see the highway continues, Yes. but I can see that there are a lot of people who haven't even got onto the on-ramp for the highway. So like, how do you get those people onto that like ramp? How do you build more infrastructure to get people to the ramp? Yeah, yeah. So um, so I think we also, like, as type A women, we also often judge ourselves and think, like, oh, yes, I'm a copywriter and I need to update my website copy because it's not, like, perfect. But everyone else who's landing on your page is going, oh, my God, this is brilliant. I want this woman as my copywriter. Mm -hmm. Um, So back to that, having high standards that we can't always meet ourselves. Right. So here, here we are. And I would say you are 90 to 95% there to, mm. for your systems and processes. What's concerning you right now is the five to 10% that needs to get done because ultimately, and here's the thing. Now you have a, like, you've always had this goal, but now that you have team members and you're looking at giving them more time, like more days of work. And you're even thinking about maybe bringing on additional team members. You're in a fantasy world. (laughs) Right. Right. In a, in, in a future world, not a fantasy world, the future world. Like if you did another visualization, like the one you were sharing earlier about one year from today or three years from today, this is all part of it. And, and so you're seeing, it's like you did the visualization, but not as like detailed out. You're seeing that okay, you need to step back from the work. 
and you need to be doing more client attraction. So you need to get to a place where what you do is so clear that if you were to bring on a new team member, you wouldn't have to handhold them for a year or two before they were up and running. You want your systems to be so clear that somebody could come on, spend a little bit of time, get up and running some training, and they can provide the same customer service experience that Erin or Rhiannon are providing today. Yes, yes. And I think my stumbling block was probably a few, but thinking about it is like you've said I'm 95% there. And I think like the last 5% is really hard. Like, if it was easy, everyone would be up on a hundred percent. So we've kind of like done so much, but I know we're not quite there. And I just have been procrastinating about it because it feels like that 5% is a really big body of work okay. that I can't untangle about what my next step is. And I think like, Oh, like, do we have like a like we already have recurring tasks in Asana, for example, but for they're very simple things. Mm-hmm. Um, like how do we like, yeah, I, I don't know what the question is that I'm trying to answer. Okay. I think what I'm hearing is, and I'm wondering if this is contributing to part of it is you said that 5% is really hard. Mm. right? And you're procrastinating on this. Like there's a part of you that doesn't want to open the box because you're afraid what's in there. And then you're, it's going to be a nightmare, right? So like you've created this fantasy that this is just going to be a nightmare. Quite possibly. Right. I mean, you don't know, right? It could also be a lot of fun, right? It could also be really simple. Yeah, I, I, I kind of worry that I'm making a mountain out of a molehill in my head and because I don't know the next step, you just kind of think, oh, well, it must be really hard. Mm-hmm. Like that 5% might be dead easy. I'm going to challenge you a little bit here because you're saying this has to be done. There's something missing, but I don't know what the next step is. Hmm. If you were working with a client who said, we've got all these systems and processes, but we need them to be more clear. We need them to be a little more detailed. What would you tell your client is the next step? I think you probably need to experience doing the doing whilst at the same time referencing the process and saying, does this documentation hinder or help achieving the outcome that we want at the end. Um, So, like, my gut feeling is that we need to do some things, like, do the things we want to document instead of trying to pull them out of our head. I think that, like, actually, this is probably part of my problem. I'm trying to pull out of my head what it is I do and what the girls do, but it is so natural to us that it is hard to articulate what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I think we need to document whilst doing and then we need to do like another project the same but follow the document. Oh, this is, you're just smiling like, duh. Ding, 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 ding. We're friends, everyone. So she's saying duh, but like smiling duh, but it is like we are 
I'm smiling. Brilliant. Yes, that is exactly what you, I couldn't have articulated it the way you articulated it, but that's exactly how you document a system and a process. I know this, I know this, but I think my thing is that we've got stuff going on. So it's like, I feel like, okay, so Ashley probably, so we kind of like, as a team have had an epiphany about needing better systems and processes in January mm-hmm. and all of our longer projects that really need documenting probably started like a fortnight before and are still running like, and they're all due to like they've either finished or about to finish. And it's kind of like we missed the like Yeah. I think we missed the boat. Like we had our epiphany two weeks too late. Mm-hmm. Um, so the process was kind of already underway. Yeah. So it's like next big thing, like little jobs are easy to, easy to document, but the next big thing that comes in before we pressed go, we need to work out as a team, how are we going to document all of the elements that we do and what our specialness yeah. is this? Sorry to anyone who doesn't like my vocab there. Um, what our like unique perspective is that we bring to it um, and infuse that in our directions because any organisation can say, go and look at key state strategic planning documentations and pull out like the synergies with this project. We need to explain what it is. Like I can't say to a new, I can't tell a new person that sentence. I can't say, go look at state planning strategies and pull out the synergies and like describe why this project meets them. Um, we need to be able to explain what the heck does that mean? What did you just ask me to do? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was just thinking. I was like, wow, that sounds really smart. I don't know what you would want me to do. (laughs) Yeah, like, like, I don't think that that sounds complicated because I've done it a lot. Uh Um, but to the poor new person, they'd be like bunnies in the headlights. Um, This is what I'm talking about. Unless I've unless I've found this other unicorn who's already done it. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, that is a really like good point. Thank you, Joe. Okay, and here's the other thing I, I'm hearing. It's not so much that you're procrastinating; you're itching actually to get this done. You're like anxious for the next big project to come along so you can start doing this document it because it's not even going to be done with the next big project it's going to be redocumented with the next yes. big project and then it's going to be tested and yes. and tweaked with the project that comes after this so i think part of it is um and i know this i and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say this word and it's gonna it's gonna chafe a little bit but you have to have some patience like in some Ooh. grace <laughs> And some grace that, and just acknowledge like, okay, this next phase of my business may take, may not be done until the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but once it's done, it is done and it will yeah. see your business through for the next three to five years. Yeah. And I think looking for some small things document as well will help because, um, I try really, like, really we're out to, like, four months for some of these projects or will be by the end of this month. And that's, like, the maximum time I would want a project to run because I get bored really quickly. Yeah. Um, like, my husband's worry, starting me starting this business, is that I'm a great starter. But 
if it's for me, I'm a terrible finisher. Like I'm great for clients because that's like I've got to give something, like that's meeting someone else's expectations. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I do get bored. So um, So you need an accountability partner because it can't be about you because you and I have determined before and I've talked about the four tendencies on this podcast before and you are an obliger, which means you're externally motivated. So accountability partners, check-ins, if it's like you just said, if it's just for me, I I will let it drop off. But if it's for other people, I'm going to put all of my energy into it. Yeah. So... um... I think having Erin and Rhiannon around has really helped me get stuff on track internally in terms of business because um, I don't want to let them down by turning up to work and having a crap workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, like I love that they both love the days they work for me. Um, that, you know, that Rhiannon tells me my creative IQ days are like my highlight of my week. I just hang out for those days. And Erin, like, is constantly like, I love my job. Um, like, and to love your job, it's not about, like, I'm obviously a nice boss, but it's about having a structured workplace where you know what's going to happen, um, you have clear expectations, and Thank this you. will help with that. Bingo. You have type A women on your team. So there has to be clear expectations. And if you want to attract other type A people, you know, Mm. women or men to work for you, the clear expectations, the documentation, systems, processes, you know, (laughs) a jargon dictionary, all of that will help them to quickly feel in control and competent because that is important for type A people. There has to be a quick learning curve. Yeah, and I guess that is, like, if I'm mapped out in more detail, like I've kind of got some detail around my ideal business clients that we like working with and I know the ones that we've loved working with have been those very high-achieving, results-oriented people. Um, They want to have that customer experience that really brings them through a process. I hate working with service providers where I am unsure about what the customer experience is um, and where it's going to go um, and not knowing, like, I hate it when people don't tell me, like, what are the milestones? Um, when am I going to get my stuff delivered? What do I have to have to you and by when? Like, I want to know that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my ideal bit, like, in the business sector, well, ideally I'd like all my local government people to be like that, but they're not. Um, so I can just live with that. But um, my business people I really want to work with those people because they're the ones I get the most and I think would get the most out of us so then we need to have those systems and processes if you are not a type a type person you would hate working with us to be honest as a like business customer it would not be fun right Um, it's you know what that's brilliant because it, it goes to you want to work with the people who will value what you're Mm. providing and type A people will value and worship you (laughs) for providing such a great experience, providing the structure, the expectations, the milestones and all of that to them. You like you're a genius, you know, but Mm. people who do not like structure, who do not like to be held accountable to anything, it would be torture. And so part of this next step also is making it very clear on your website, how you work with your clients. So people who don't like that process won't waste your time. 
Yeah. Actually, it's funny you say that because I'm just rewriting my business strategy page, which will be live by the time this goes um, live. And I have a thing in there about this service is for you if, and there's a checklist. And I know one of them is like, you're a results oriented action taking person. And I think I don't, I can't remember the copy exactly, but basically that you don't need someone to nag you. Like we're going to work together. We're going to talk about what you're going to do. And then you're just going to be fired up and go and do it because that's how I work. And I don't want to hold someone's hand um, and have to like, say like, let's check back in and I'm going to email you every week for the next 10 weeks to like mm-hmm. make sure you're doing the thing that you said you really wanted to do. Because as a type A person, I either really want to do it and I'll do it or I don't. Right. And I won't. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was just talking about this with a friend who's also, you know, very type A, although sometimes she's like, I'm not sure I am because she's a calmer person, but she is very type A. And like her thing is she, she doesn't mind being the organizer. Like in her family, she's constantly the one who organizes everyone. She's the communicator, but the joy is gone the moment she has to follow up and follow up and follow up. And then I'm like, yeah, cause that's not organizing and communicating. That's, that's essentially babysitting, you know, yeah. that that's not what you want to be doing. So there's the distinction between mm. those things. And it's, it's good to be very clear about what behaviors you do not want to have to um, exhibit and display in your business. Cause that's not who you are. You're not a nagger. You're not the follow upper, you know, like this isn't how I, love, I work I with people. That. Yeah, I love to like check in and get an update. Yes. But because I'm curious and I want everyone to be successful, but I don't want to have to make you do it. Right. That's a great distinction between follow up like, hey, how are things going? How can I support you? As opposed to, hey, you missed a deadline. Can you get me the information that I needed? That totally different. Totally different. Yes. Okay. Like a great example of follow up and this is just plugging another podcaster, but we both love her. So I will, um, I did some work with Carol Cox earlier in the year. We love Carol Cox. (laughs) And yesterday I got a card in the mail. So Carol lives in America. I live in Australia that I saw this like international card in my letterbox and I'm like, Oh, my auntie in England must've sent this to me, not looking at the stamps. And then I opened it up, Like I didn't read anything on the envelope, opened it up and I'm like, Oh, how nice. Like she's like, she's lovely. Um, and I think we really liked each other. Um, and yeah, she sent me this lovely card, like checking in, like how I'm going. Like, I don't need her to nag me, do anything. Like I'll do the things. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just like, I love that. And I was like, got an email and I was like, that, like, that's the kind of follow-up I like. Yes. And for those of you, I have to plug her because we both love her. She has the Speaking Your Brand podcast. So if you are a podcast listener, and obviously if you're listening to Anna and I, you're a podcast listener, you definitely are going to love Carol Cox. She is one of our people. So yes, go She's check brilliant. it out. Awesome. Okay. Anna, was there anything else you needed to be able to like take the next steps or, or get this process started? I'm sure there's lots of things that I need to, like I need to go and make a list, right? Mm-hmm. But I can feel in my energy and my voice and what have you, I feel a real sense of relief mm-hmm. um, and clarity and I feel like I can move forward by myself now and 
that's it's been very useful so thank you Jodie oh you are very welcome and so and you know where you can find me if you get stuck again but let everybody know where they can find you because you've said a lot of really awesome stuff and I know for me that you know I'm just like if anyone's listening and they're like I need to work with this woman or find out more about her and what she's doing how do I find out where can they find you So the best place to find us is probably go through our website. So it's creativeiq.net. So yeah, and then that's got links to all the places. Um, Mostly we're on Facebook and Twitter. So yeah, but website's got all the stuff about us. And yeah, we might be in a little town in regional West Australia, but we're super smart and flexible and we do actually have clients all over the world. So And you're also in the Women Taking the Lead private Facebook group and you're active in there too. So if if you're listening and you're in that group, I will tag Anna in the post about this episode when it goes live. So you'll be able to easily access her on Facebook as well. Yeah, and and I'm in the accomplished community with you too. And there's lots of great women in there too. So Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, if you're like listening and thinking, oh, I feel like I'm a bit like Anna, you should definitely go and think about like how can you get more of Jodie's genius because, um, yeah, she's made a big difference in my life. Oh, thank you, Anna. Yeah, and to make the distinction, the um, Women Taking the Lead private Facebook group is awesome and we all interact on Facebook and through the posts and messaging and like that is super awesome. The accomplished community is that on steroids because we do Zoom calls. It's a little more, we get to know each other's businesses a little bit more. We get to know each other as people a little bit more. So the the advice is more personalized and just, um, I don't want to say more heart-centered because there's a lot of amazing heart-centered women in the private Facebook group, but because everybody knows each other a little mm-hmm. bit better, they, they are more, have more intimate knowledge in the businesses, like the, the feedback and the coaching that everyone gives each other, it gets right to the heart of things. And it's, it's just amazing. Um, and that you can access when you do the accomplished intensive, which I'll have more information on coming up over the summer as we go into iteration number two of that. But Anna, thank you so much for uh, volunteering to come on and be coached. I know it's super uncomfortable to get coached around something you provide as a service. So, you know, taking it to the next level, but that just for me just demonstrates, you know, how dedicated you are to your customers and your team members that you want to provide the best experience for them that you would put yourself out there for this um, to get the value. So thank you again. Thank you, Jody. It's been a pleasure. Before we say goodbye, I'd like to take a moment to talk about my sponsor, Podcast Movement. This July, over 2,000 podcasters of all skill levels from around the world will be descending upon Philadelphia for Podcast Movement. This conference offers over a hundred sessions on topics ranging from the technical aspects of setting up your equipment and the audio production to marketing and monetizing your show. What is priceless is the opportunity to connect with other podcasters who know the joys and the pains of putting a podcast out in the world. No one will understand what you go through like another podcaster. They are your people. Go meet them. Check in for the conference and welcome parties start the night of July 23rd and the conference sessions run from the 24th to the 26th. For $50 off any level of registration, visit podcastmovement.com and enter promo code LEAD. That's podcastmovement.com, promo code LEAD.
Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.